Hello and welcome to True Crime Diary, a light-hearted podcast on a serious subject. Every two weeks we look back through true crime stories to discuss an event that took place on this week in history. I'm your host Mark Decano and with me as always are my friends Jed Lester. Hello. And Rue Turner. Hello. So the date we're looking at this episode is the 9th of January and in 1824 John Thurtle was executed for bloody murder. He committed what is known as the Radlett murder. But he didn't die alone. <laughs> so he has an accomplice. Two accomplices. A comply. A comply. It's a fate comply. <laughs> yes. A fatal comply. A fatal comply. What did you say? Thurtle? Yes. John Tur- Turtle with an H. Thurtle. Oh, you, you haven't said anything other than his name and his, he's dead. Hmm. I don't know what they are. He committed bloody murder. Oh, right. It, so 1824, he was Ooh. executed. 1824? Yes. Ha! <laughs> Are we on bang on the date? Are we are bang on 200th anniversary. Hooray! <laughs> 200 years ago. Oh, cute confetti bombs. <laughs> hey! Um, anyone want a sausage roll? <laughs> well, there you go. Happy happy anniversary. <laughs> well, John. Yeah, not for him. What was his other mate's names? Joseph Hunt, who was the landlord of uh, an inn, and uh, William Probert, who was a, a merchant of alcohol, basically. A merchant of alcohol? Yeah. He sold alcohol, basically, to inns. John, Joe, and Bill. John, Joe, and Bill. They, were they like normal people, or were they notorious uh, <laughs> alcohol One was an ex-boxer. People. Yeah. An well, ex-boxer. So... Like I say, uh, Joseph Hunt was a landlord of a tavern, uh, and yep. Probert was a dealer in alcohol, a merchant. Yes. Whereas Thurtle himself, uh, he was a sports promoter. He was an amateur boxer, and he promoted fights. Wow. He's also the son of the mayor of Norwich. <laughs> so he was right. quite well to do. Okay. And he was a former member of the Royal Marines, as they right. were at that time. Yeah. So he was boxing fairly fit. Yes, Ex-boxer, yeah. Royal Marine. Was, was, yes. Do you reckon boxing would have been classed as being well-to-do? No, not at all. Right, okay. It was yeah. uh, uh, an, an underworld activity. Right, right. for okay. rules, dear chap. Now I'll just stand here, and you can have three punches at me. And then it'll be my turn to hit you. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> no, not nearly. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, I don't know, in a barn in round the back. Yeah, yeah. But it'll be... Uh, what do you call it? Bare, bare, bare knuckle. knuckle. Yeah. Bare knuckle boxing, yeah. Which is far safer. It's a lot safer, yeah. A lot safer. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Arguably, being in the boxing gloves just means you can hit yeah. people more. Yeah, the, 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 the <laughs> objective of putting gloves on is to make it more of a spectator sport. It actually makes it way more dangerous as a sport for the people who take part. Because... Because the fights go on longer. It goes on longer. The, impact, your hands are the impact to the to the head is exactly the same as without a glove. But and it goes you, deeper into the brain rather than just into the flesh. If the anything, bone. you also yeah. protect your hand. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. To, so you can hit more and longer and harder. You can punch in your hand. If it was just fisticuffs, then it would be over it a lot quicker. It would last seconds. Yeah. yeah, it'd be over a lot quicker. Yeah, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. It'd go bloody almost immediately. Yes, sir. We've been in there dodging left hooks since before history began to walk. Yeah. That's like... Formula One. If they would got rid of the cars, it'd be rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> we'd just be really twenty people really sat on the tarmac, <laughs> really, <laughs> really going. Really 
It'd be almost <laughs> unwatchable. <laughs> almost. <laughs> It'd yeah. be marginally less watchable than it is. Or, yeah, yeah. or archery. Without the bow. Or the arrow. Oh, and out the, without the bow is better, isn't it? Just people <laughs> throwing, throwing a stick. Well, that's the javelin. Well, that is true, yeah, yeah. Big archery, no bow. Big, big archery, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, right. I'd never never thought of it like that, but you're right. It, it elongates the spectacle, mm. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Isn't isn't a boxing glove quite spongy? Yeah, very. Well, why does it? You when, said it has the same impact. Not when yeah, it does, because the force is still transmitted and still received. Yeah, but but, but, it, but it's but absorbed. It'll, yeah, it'll <laughs> it will provide a sponge like. So it's transmitted into the brain rather than into the See, structure. for instance, right, Rue, on the table in front of us, Rue's just <laughs> cooked a focaccia. So if I punched you yeah. now, and then I punched Mark with that focaccia <laughs> in front of his face, he would be really annoyed, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he would have he would have salty, salty... Uh, I'd get wheat all over it. No, no, he would be less injured. On the surface. On the surface, yeah. It will oh. protect my epidermis, but the impact... Oh, impact right, right, sorry, sorry, right. You're talking about... I'm talking about his cut his nose. You're talking about his brain, yeah. basically, aren't you? Yeah. Right, OK. Yeah. Yeah, right. The capture... Uh, <laughs> boxing, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Just like Mummy used to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, OK. Wow. So a boxer and a, a hotelier, let's call him that, and an uh, off bloke who owns an off-licence. Well, why are they? Why are they all okay. mate, mates? <laughs> With the sports and alcohol comes gambling. Comes gambling. People like to bet. People like to gamble. Right. Okay. And they. I mean, I understand why the alcohol and the hotel bloke, but yeah. the, But yes, you're right. You can put it all together. Can't but you? he's putting his <clears throat> his boxing bouts and gambling Events. together. Yeah, yeah. In the inn. In, in, <laughs> in, in the inn. In the inn. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So they would. That's how they would get. So out. they they were kind of not travelling events. They were just events at, at his hotel, presumably. Is it? Sorry, his well, his and, and other places. And yeah. Right. Okay. As a promoter, Turtle would put them on wherever. It's probably quite big business, wasn't it? Pretty good money. I don't really know how you yeah. publicise it, other than so people are paying to get in, paying for dromedary earlobes <laughs> to snack on while they're watching. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they're also. Losing at their gambling, <laughs> all of it. Yeah, yeah. Then comes a part that I like the best. It's called da di da di da di da. It's gambling. And would it have been um, roll up, roll up? Who wants to fight John Bearded? <laughs> Look, you know the uh, some big bloke, John B. Beard Mc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mc big bloke. Mc big Punch. bloke. <laughs> the um. <laughs> Maybe the punch bag. <laughs> would it have been that kind of, um, you know, conveyor belt of... There would have been cases. that sort of event, yeah, as well. But also they would have publicised the, the big fight, kind of the local hero against the yeah. challenger kind of thing. That was popular in circuses, wasn't it, as well? Yeah, sort exactly. of the, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. The strong man standing up in the ring and challenging anyone. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. There were some quite famous pugilists. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have I focused too much on my boots and on my fame and my stretchy pants? Uh, well, it's just one that came to mind because uh, there's a portrait of him in the National Gallery. Okay. Jem Wharton. Jim Wharton. Jem. Yeah, well, it is, it is James, but it's, it's, it was called Jem. 1813 to 1856. 
He was one of the most successful boxers of his time, mostly based in Liverpool. The thing that's most extraordinary about him, particularly because there's a portrait of him hanging in the National Gallery, is that he's black. Oh. And there really weren't many portraits of black people mm. at that time. And definitely not in the National Gallery. No. No. So this is 200 years ago. There's 100 years of bare knuckle boxing before that. People were matching up for championships. We have uh, heavyweight bare knuckle boxing champions going back to the early 18th century. So it's only in the, le- the last 100 years, not even that, that we've had gloves before oh, that. Wow. It was not. And there would be very short matches, obviously. Short yeah. Times. Um, but there would be famous boxers. So people like going back to uh, Jack Broughton in the early 1700s, who's mentioned in Rookwood, which is the story of, or the main story that we know about uh, Dick Turpin. And then at this time that we're talking about, 1824, there was um, a boxer called uh, Tom Spring, and he retired in 1824 as a heavyweight champion. And he got a place, he had run an inn, surprisingly, in Holborn, where he ran boxing. He matches. also ran <laughs> He ran an inn. He retired to run an inn and arrange. <coughs> oh right! Matches. So it was clearly so it was a, a. It was a thing. It was a thing and right. a whole okay. thing. Wow! And if you can keep the match going for longer, more bets can be laid. More bets. More drinks can be drunk. Oh right! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that also in 1824? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Happy retirement. Very good. When there's uh, a lot of money kicking around, yes, there's a lot of gambling. You get gambling debt, mm, right? Into this scene, you have William Weir, who was a gambler and a solicitor, and he was from uh, Lions Inn, which is the area of Chancery Lane. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you have the in the in <laughs> financial court. heart, yeah. 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 Or the, it's not an inn, legal as heart. in an inn. Legal yeah. heart. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an inn like an inn. Oh right, like a tavern. It's an inn, like an inns of inns of court. Okay, so get that right, listeners. <laughs> it's not an inn; it's an inn. <laughs> it's not that kind of inn. It's the inn. He was into the inn, but not right. that. I think that's uh, clear. Okay. <laughs> so, how did he get in? Hey. So, in, if you go to Chancery Lane, this is the area yep. of the City of London. There's basically there's, it is. there's Lions Inn, and then there's Temple Inn, and whole and it's le- legal, but it's also minutes yards away from. Um, well, I was going to say Fleet Street, but um, so what would you call it? Um, publicity <laughs> section <laughs> or whatever. Newspapers, basically. The newspapers, of, yeah. yeah. So Fleet Street, well, it would have been a river at the time. But, the Fleet River. But, um, it's now just a river of sewage. Yeah, above and below ground. But uh, yeah, well, it's Holborn. Yes, is where, right. where the boxer retired. But right. the, so these, what these inns are, is they are residences and are places of work for solicitors. They're all legal offices and, and residences. Lions Inn, the one where William Weir belonged to, is like what an area of disrepute. Yeah, right. You don't get the best solicitors in. Right. In fact, 30, 40, 50 Why would years. Why there? Well, because get it might me be the cheaper. Because <laughs> it was cheaper, yeah. Ah, right. I was going to say, get me an average solicitor. <laughs> get me a terrible lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, this is like a, a mall lawyer. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's a, a good description. Yeah. Like a um, Lionel Hutz. <laughs> Lionel Hutz, attorney at law. Here's my card. It turns into a sponge when you put it in water. <laughs> right, yes, I guess. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so not not the greatest, but nonetheless a solicitor. Yeah. So someone of some standard. Because it but, is a protected employment. Yes. So you can't be a solicitor unless you have got the qualifications and you've passed all the tests. Yes. But only just. But only just, <laughs> yeah. And if you stay in the cheaper area, it's a not a, it's a not a uh, very nice so, area. Yeah, soliciting of all sorts. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, William Weir, being a gambler, would go to the boxing. Mm. And in the process of this gambling, Thurtell, the boxer promoter, he ran up a debt to William Weir of £300. Gosh. So he, in the 1820s. In the 1820s. He, having not paid out, is that where the debt... Yes. Because Weir would have been the better and Thurtell would have been the... uh, Bookmaker. Yeah. That's how it would have been, wouldn't it? Arguably. It's not entirely clear. Um, I don't know if if this is from one instance or if this was many repeat bets that Mm. Turtle hadn't paid out on. But ultimately... Sounds uh, quite a lot of money, though. Yeah, I mean, you'd think for a sum that large, it would be repeated it's probably build lots up of, of debt yeah lots of debt it's like it's one of those situations like you know oh I owe you 50 quid well why don't you let it ride on the next yeah. bout sort of oh, yeah double or quits double or quits yeah, yeah. yeah so those kind of so 300 pounds a year where people were might have been earning I don't know 10 pounds a year yeah right so 300 quid bloody hell 300 quid is about it's over 25 grand in today's money but right. we, I mean we do this a lot the, yeah, this yeah. is this is the direct equivalent but yeah. what 25 grand now would buy you is nothing it's nothing compared <laughs> yeah. to what you yeah. would buy you would buy a lot you would yeah, buy sure, a decent yeah. house um, absolutely probably a couple of <laughs> several yeah several <laughs> back then so right okay so he was in his debt he was in his debt but he was a upstanding solicitor so he probably chose the legal uh, way of getting his money did he <laughs> <laughs> well the solicitor is the is our victim he's uh, the one who is owed money yes he is yeah 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 he so he's the victim. He's right, the... okay. So he hasn't done anything... He's literally done nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. But I mean, he's, he was... he's accused of cheating, though, is he not? Yes, he was accused of cheating. Yeah, so right. Thurtle owed him... Thurtle owed Weir £300. Yeah. But he thought that this was based on cheating. Um, Classic. Yeah. Classic to get yeah, out of You owe of me it. this. No, 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 you cheated. I'm not paying you. Yeah. And then all kind of all bets are off because suddenly he's been sullied with the... Have you heard? He's cheap. Exactly. Cheaters never win. By whatever uh, method the, the yes. debt was accrued. They claimed it was via cheaty means. Yes. So Thurtle decided that he wasn't going to pay. Instead, what okay. he would do is he would invite him and his friends Hunt and Probert to go to Probert's cottage near Radlett, Hertfordshire, right. for, a, yep. for a weekend of gambling and drinking. Okay. So he invited along his friend that he owed yeah. fortune. I was going to say, it seems a bit fishy. Don't worry about the debt. Look, we're all mates. We're yeah. all mates. Yeah, Come so away. Let's have a weekend of Come over fun. to... You never know what might happen. Who might win what over the weekend? <laughs> yeah. Come over to exactly. my isolated cottage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Miles from anywhere. Yes. So they got into a jig. and there Got they into were... a jig? A jig. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't mean that, uh, with a G. G-I-G. Not, yeah. a, not a dance. A, a small carriage. Yeah, small carriage. It's very, no, it's very light. A jig. Yeah, a little jig. They're also called a chair or a ch- chase because it was has it got like wheels? Quite small. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's this. Okay. It's horse drawn. Yeah. Okay. It's so a it's a hansom of the day. No, it's because it's the hansom cab is covered over. Yeah, it's just kind of this like, is like an open. open oh right. It's literally yes, like a platform with a seat on it and a, and a horse in front of it, and there you go. Right. They got into a jig. A little spring jig. Spring cart. They bundle on there and then they make their way up to Radlett. And this is in October of the previous year. So uh, 24th of October, 1823. Yep. They take their jig from London on the way to Which would have taken absolutely hours and hours and hours. (laughs) But anyway. Hopefully sitting on cushions. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yep. But a very short distance from Probert's home, Thurtle pulled out a flintlock muff pistol. Right. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's a very small pistol that you What's hide a muff? It's, you'd hide it in pistol. a pistol. muff. Oh, right. That's yeah. why it's called that. It's called a muff pistol because it would be a small pistol that you would hide in your muff. And is a muff hand-based or yeah. head-based? It's, it's <laughs> a hand warmer. Yeah, typically for, for the ladies. Mm. Right, a two-ended sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a it is, isn't it? finger yeah. trap, but for your whole arm. Yeah, <laughs> and without the trap, without the trap, you can't take your hands. So it's very small. The, very small. Basically, I'm it's a small about pistol. The, the gun. It's designed yeah. for a lady to carry in her muff. Fine, yeah. <gasps> Me without my muff. And was that a? Um, did people just carry guns at the yes. time? Like, every, not about everyone, but loads of people who yes. could afford one. If you were yeah. iffy or well-to-do. Yeah. Possibly. When was um, the there was vague police then, wasn't there? Peelers. No, this is a little bit before you would have had the Bow Street Runners, but they would only yeah. have been literally in Bow so Street. Li- there is no, <laughs> there is no police. There's no police, and everyone's got guns. It would have been, uh, you would have had um, like a local sheriff. Yeah, um, and you would have had church to provide morals and you would have had the army okay but they would they would they haven't been they wandering have, around would they yeah. they'd have been well 1824 they would have just been recovering from uh trafalgar or whatever that was 1815 <laughs> uh, that well, was 1805 waterloo waterloo um well they, they there would have been wars going on there would have been this, point. yeah there was never not a war at that point <laughs> um <laughs> so it would have been a right old hard life where if you wanted to go and do someone in, you basically yeah. just go and do it, basically, didn't you? Yeah, there was no criminology. There were no detectives or anything. No. Even the even when the police no phones started no. about five years later, I think. Yep. They weren't detectives. They were just there to keep the order in the street. Yeah, of course. Like break up fights break or whatever. Was when was the whistle invented? I don't know. Quite long before this. I was going to say thousands of years ago. <laughs> okay, yeah, fine. Quite a long way. Before. So my point is, is that is the only form of um, <laughs> alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Neolithic rape alarm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, none of that. Yeah. Sounds awful, doesn't it? Not necessarily no law, because there is law, mainly because we're talking about people who work in solicitors, but it, yeah. but I mean, there just isn't, you can do whatever you want, basically, can't you? Yeah, but also there were over 200 offences you could be hanged for. Mm. Yes, right, okay. And so it was hard. Yeah, you steal a, more than a horse. Uh, yeah. A horse you get hanged, yeah. Right, okay. So there, so therein lies the, the morals were, you know, nailed in to people knowing the consequences. It, it was basically, you know, you see a wrong thing, you're expected to do something about it. Right. They uh, take okay. it before the sheriff, and then the sheriff takes it. The sheriff them agrees to judge. Yeah. And then the judge hangs them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Basically, like the Wild West. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Thurtle whips out his muff pistol. Yes, you said. And he's shot Weir in the face. Well, how far out of Holborn are we? Uh, we're, we're way out. We're in Hertfordshire now, not oh, far okay. from oh, Probert's fine. cottage. Right, fine. So they were nearly there. They were nearly there, and they shot were... him in the face. Yeah. Shot him in the he face. was probably sitting next to him, wasn't he? Yeah, or opposite him. Oh right, yeah. There were four of them. Yep. But he missed. <laughs> he didn't miss. He oh, shot okay. him in the face, but he didn't die. It's only a very, very small colour of person, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'd 
quite like to die. And as a film so it was probably a big flash of gunpowder and then the, yeah. and then the ball dribbled down the <laughs> fell onto his lap. Yeah. Right, yeah. okay. So they couldn't be trusted. Not really. Did he have to like prepare it? <laughs> and then, like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh he didn't, did he? Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Oh, pistol. Put, put the ball in there. He must, must have been like practicing doing it blind inside the muff for hours before they left in <laughs> William Weir's like, what are you, why are you turning away from... Yeah. What are you doing? Don't look. Uh, nothing? No, look at this uh, beautiful valley. <laughs> An eagle, oh, look! This autumnal yeah. scene. Yeah, in, in the dark, because we've been travelling most of the day. In this dark what are you doing lane. with that thing? You've just pulled out your big gloves. <laughs> right, uh, okay, uh, so he had to dark. do the old... Um, Light the pan. He had to put. He had to. Yeah. So it's gunpowder in. So it's it's yeah. So yeah. gunpowder in the pan. Yeah. Close the pan. <laughs> gunpowder in the barrel. <laughs> put in the ball. Put in the wadding. Ram it home. Didn't it, so you can't do all that hours ago and yeah, then put it in your muff. <laughs> oh, you can. So yeah. You were suggesting that you did it in, in, in the muff. <laughs> well, I didn't know whether the gunpowder. So it'd, it'd be no use as a like female defence mechanism in your muff if, you, <laughs> if you're getting robbed and you have to go. Hang on a minute, Mister Robert. Well, I thought it was a the pan thing that you had to keep upright, otherwise the gunpowder no, would all fall out. Lid. You close yeah, the lid. It's got a lid, everyone. It's got a lid, it's got a lid. Get it. Don't know why I brought it so up. Sailor so just <laughs> cocked it, <laughs> put back the right. powder in the pan and then balance it. Well, that's what I thought it was. Oh, God, it's raining. No, that's been... why you keep your powder dry. Well, also, that, also, that's why you use yeah. a gunbrella. As I <laughs> mentioned before. There you go, see? Go back to our turpid episode. Yeah. Where we exactly. go through the final detail of the flintlock. <laughs> right, okay. So ignore everything I've just said. <laughs> so apart from everything you just said. So he shot him in the face, but we survived the blast in the face. Leapt from the jig, but unfortunately it didn't get very far because it grabbed him and Thurtle had also with him a pen knife, which yeah. he used to, to slash with his throat. Yeah. He also beat his like, he beat his face with the gun so hard his brains spilled out <laughs> god yeah he properly bashed I mean, his head in yeah. I mean it, it's one thing to shoot someone which is a kind of a fairly I mean obviously it's a violent act but shooting someone is something you can do with little effort mm. it's just all psychological but to beat someone literally beat someone's brains out and slash their throat, and throat yeah but it's yeah. all over money that he overkill he owed him yeah, yeah. So with Weir now properly dead, mm. I would say he was dead. Yeah. The three felons, the yep. they dragged the corpse and hid it in a pond nearby. Not, not only nearby where they were, but practically outside the house. Yeah, and don't forget, this is where Probert, one of the conspirators, lives. <laughs> yeah, this is course, yeah. his country house. Sure. And they're going, well, let's put a dead body at the bottom of the drive. <laughs> Chuck it into the pond. Yeah, they did fairly quickly realise that was a crap place to leave a dead body. They did, yeah. So they decided instead to uh, go back, drag it out of the pond, and no, take no. it and dump it in another pond. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> up the road, someone yeah. else's pond. Someone Nothing else's... wrong with the pond. Yeah. It's not this one. They took it to the pond up at uh, L Street. Um, was that where Star Wars was filmed? Yeah. Yeah, Elstree. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Just so give Elstree you a picture. Elstree is a village, but it's basically known for... <laughs> That's where Star Wars was filmed. Yeah. Um, not 153 <laughs> years later. <laughs> Coincidence? <laughs> 
Darth Vader had his face burnt off as well. He yeah. did, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a direct and solemn tribute to Darth Weir. Darth Weir. <laughs> <laughs> Now, unfortunately, when they went back to move the body from pond to pond... From the first pond to the second pond. Yeah. Unbeknownst to them, the penknife and the pistol had been discovered at the side of the road. <laughs> okay, so they just... They, the, having just yeah. left it in, there. Yeah, in a dark country lane in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> within a short space of time oh, while God. they were gone, someone went, yeah, what's Hang this? On. And found the... This weapon. bloodied knife and gun. Yeah. Right. What's all this, then? Now, having done the deed, mm. they went to the Wagon and Horses pub to celebrate. To celebrate. Yep. And had pork chops and copious amounts of beer. Is that true? You do, you know that? You know what they had for dinner? I do know because it came up at trial. Right. What's that got to do with anything? Well, there's no forensic evidence. You've got to talk about something. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, they've just murdered a man and they've gone to have a slap up feet. Sure, yeah. It doesn't paint them in very good light in terms of well, moral Quite it. a natural response. To, a, to get an, hungry yeah, 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 your experience yeah <laughs> <laughs> to be um, to feel what, what you want some energy and you want to I don't know sit down and have something to eat basically so yeah after the, the rush of adrenaline yeah once yeah. that subsides you'll feel pretty hungry I need some pork pork chops and ale and a side of brains <laughs> yum yum the Wagon and Horses pub is still there. Wow. It's been there since 1471. Wow. Blimey. So it was a 400-year-old pub even when they went there. Yes, of course, yeah. So these people who found, they the, found knife. the knife and the gun, they went to the authorities such as they were. Obviously, with their inquiries, very quickly found out that Weir had gone off with these three blokes, one of whom owned a pair of pistols, <laughs> okay. of which yeah. one had just been found in a pool of blood at the side of the road. Right, and the other was nice and shiny, still and in its box. <laughs> in his possession. Yeah. Right, right. So, they were all caught pretty quickly. Wow, wow. That's quite good work, isn't it, by the authorities? Yeah, in consideration of... A bit of luck, really. So, the bloke luck. who bought the pair of pistols registered them to somebody or because otherwise how would they have known I don't think there's any gun licensing yeah first of all they found the other one of the pet <laughs> on, on, on a man who lived near <laughs> yeah. But, yeah yeah well the house was the, the proper was nearby his cottage was nearby and then he was mates with these other guys the yep. other guy had a pair of pistols he was known to be in debt where's the other one inquiries are not gonna yeah it's not very hard to narrow down <laughs> okay there's yeah. like eight people in London at this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it him? Was it you? No, it must have been him then. <laughs> it was you. You committed this crime. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Hunt, the innkeeper, mm -hmm. he, having all been arrested, he took them and showed them where the body was in the hope of uh, right. getting himself. Get right, him, okay. Yeah, yeah. Classic. Mm. But that didn't help him because authorities turned to Probert and asked him to turn King's evidence in exchange for his freedom, okay. even though Hunt had helped with the inquiry. Who was the one who did the shooting and the beating? Thirtle. Oh, okay. But so the other right, okay. So, so the police promoter Thirtle yeah. done the deed. Yeah. He's helped by innkeeper Hunt. Yes. And merchant Probert. So where's he at this? When the other two are being? Uh, well, he's he's definitely going to be charged with the murder. Right, okay. And how did they deduce that he, he'd done it? Well, uh, as I say, Probert, the merchant, told him. Told him. <laughs> yeah, Hunt showed him where the body was, fine. and Probert turned King's evidence <laughs> against okay, him. So he, he um, so in turning King's evidence, basically said, you testify against those two, and we'll, we'll let you off. Mm. 
which is what, exactly what happened. First of all, they started building a gallows before the trial even started. <laughs> so there was some, uh, some yeah. suggestion it might not be... Assumption. It's a little presumptive. <laughs> it might not be uh, completely free of bias. <laughs> Right. So, hand me the black cap, shall I? I've been, I've been needing that. But that kind of thing would have been readily available anyway. For if they're not going to use it today, they'll be using it tomorrow, won't they? For that, uh, hanging, well, frequent hangings. Weren't they weren't that. No, there was a lot of easy ways to get hanged, but they weren't. That okay. Didn't mean that everyone was doing. All right. Fine. Fine. So before the trial had started, they decided to. <laughs> do you know what? <laughs> Build a scaffold. Shall we'll we be needing that. Just. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's quite good. Acme scaffold to the job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When it was revealed that they'd all gone for a hot supper after the murder, oh, yeah. and they questioned Hunt about it, they said, uh, was the supper postponed? And he said, no, it was pork. Mm-hmm. To Did that get a laugh? Got a big laugh. Did it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> 18th century humour there. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of entertainment. <laughs> no. Also, again, while the trial was unveiling there was uh, lots of um, songs and ballads being written what yep. are you talking about it, well that's how the news was spread they would spread it in, in a song not in yeah. writing it down like a journalist and not really <laughs> people couldn't <laughs> well, read. write it down like a journalist and then and sing it out loud <laughs> it's the minstrel oral tradition isn't right it? okay not, not everyone could read most people who would be interested in this were not just the city people but the, the common folk who had no entertainment of any kind yeah who couldn't course, afford yeah. to go gambling and yeah, yeah, yeah. cock fighting and everybody was, he bashed out his brains <laughs> with a <laughs> pen knife and gun not far off <laughs> yeah that's pretty much how it goes oh, right you've got the lyrics would you like yeah would you like to recite <laughs> no yeah go for it I bet my lyrics were better Probably So there's a rhyme that goes They cut his throat from ear to ear His yep. head they battered in His yeah. name was Mr William Weir He lived in Lions Inn <laughs> <laughs> It's alright It's um, alright for a draft Yeah yeah First draft, you know. first draft. <laughs> But then there was a a, a, a a ballad written called The Hertfordshire Tragedy uh, And there's a verse from that Which I quite like Although his hands were warm with blood He down to supper sat and pass the time in merry mood with drink and songs and chat. Very good. <laughs> paints a kind of um, nice picture. Yeah. <laughs> nice, lovely, jolly. Very pleasant day out. Jolly picture. <laughs> Should we have a nice little, nice supper now? Are we murdered him? <laughs> but also, with all the, the tales of what happened and being spread in rhyme and ballad, obviously everyone's finding out about this, this seedy underworld of gambling and yeah, okay. boxing. Is it publicising it? Yeah, so actually it drew a lot of attention to, yeah, sure, yeah. to the scene, to the social aspects of mm. that. Have you not heard the stories? So, Thurtle himself was hanged on the 9th of January, 1824, aged 29. Mm. Well, he's quite young, really. He was young. Hunt was also sentenced to death, but because he had cooperated in the investigation and yep. assisted, it was commuted to transportation to Botany Bay, mm. Australia. Mm. Yep. Um, where he served his time and later became a police constable. <laughs> really? Yep. In Australia. So he... So our murderers are your policemen. <laughs> well, exactly. Very much so. So he, did he, he did, served his time in a prison there. In the colony, yeah, penal colony. And colony. then got out and, and got changed. Out, changed his... A reform man. Right, got right. married, two kids, became a police constable, died in 1861. Oh, wow. Turned out quite mm. nice. Probert, on the other hand, yep. 
who did not receive punishment um, because he squealed because he squealed yep. was so reviled in the newspapers right that he became an outcast he couldn't get work so he ultimately I mean he didn't necessarily so the solve the cr- solve the crime for them but he he testified against the other two and said what happened but, but then, he was then treated as a supergrass or whatever yeah as a social leper he couldn't get well, any work turned wow. to crime and the following year he was hanged at Newgate for, because for so the opposite the happened to him yeah he wasn't he was I mean he was literally converted to crime he was converted to crime oh wow as, as the outcome rather than being converted to being an upstanding yeah. police officer he stole a horse yeah worth well, 25 pounds which we all uh, know it was hanged. has a Wow. Hanged at Newgate the year, a year later. God, so a year after he got off scot free from yeah. a murder, he was hanged for stealing a horse. Whereas the man who went to transport it to Australia lived a long and happy life. <laughs> wow. That's incredible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But that was um, solely came about because of the re- general public reaction, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was party to a murder. And yes, he, he was. Yeah. For it. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So All people right, were right, furious. Right. Yes, ultimately he basically helped murder him, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And anyone, any of his criminal friends would have hated him for turning evidence. Of course he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's lucky to get beaten in an, to death in an alleyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. But luckily, he stole the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Tragic irony, or poetic justice? You tell me. So you get people like uh, Sir Walter Scott writing about the murder, visiting the murder site. Mm -hmm. And he wrote about it in his diary. A labyrinth of intricate lanes which seemed made on purpose to afford strangers the full benefit of a dark night and a drunk driver in order to visit Gills Hill, famous for the murder of Mr. Weir. And then he goes on to talk about how the house has fallen into disrepair. And also, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson mentions in his short story, Markheim in 1885, Mm -hmm. There is a reference to him having visited uh, the Chamber of Horrors in a certain wax museum, (laughs) wherein he saw Weir in the death grip of Thurtle. Oh, God. And the reason he would have seen (laughs) Weir in the death grip of Thurtle is because Madame Tussauds Waxworks had him on display for 150 years. Wow. (laughs) God. And I, I hope, I hope for their own sake that was the same crappy old waxwork piece and that they didn't just keep remaking him. <laughs> oh, it yeah, would have been the same one. I'm assuming it's the same then as it, it is now, but the bodies are always generic bodies. Yeah. They don't matter. So only the face that matters. Only the heads are kept. That head was modelled by Madame Tussauds. She made that. Oh, wow. So the chances are, although it's no longer on display, they probably still have it in the archive. I have seen a photograph head. of it. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad resemblance to a, a charcoal sketch, which is pretty much all we have of what he looked like. When did it first? When was it first displayed? When Robert at, Louis at the time? Oh, that's right. Not immediately in the late eighteen twenties. Twenties. So, so it would have been there for sixty odd years by the time Stevenson saw it. And then you and said it was there another century. Up. So uh, one hundred fifty. So the late seventies. Yeah. 1970s. 1970s, yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> it was when it was finally removed because they probably had better. Because they had more up to date killers. Yeah. Um, There's new film stars to put in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, they didn't, that time, didn't do topical murderers in the 70s, did they? They always did they, topical murderers. Yeah. Within a week, murderers. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not sure how, as time passed, how long they left. Sure, at yeah. the, at, you know, in the early 19th century, it was on the day they were arrested, let alone yeah, right, yeah, before yeah, the yeah. trial was even over. Yeah. But I think as it went, time went on, they were saying, well, this is the killer from a few years ago. <laughs> 
We won't just we won't do it now. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> Curtain open. <laughs> but yeah, I think they were they good. animatronic. <laughs> it would have been better. That would have been fun. I'm doing an action of stabbing someone. Stabbing action, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> um, oh god, that's just incredible, isn't it? I think it's amazing. Like last year, they reinstated the Chamber of Horrors, but it's not oh. as nearly as big and as many characters as it used to be because they've made it more. Uh, they've up to the ambience rather than the number of people. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like, there's um. There's a thing about the Cray twins. So you basically you walk into the blind beggar. No, do you? Yeah, right. I suspect it's, it's more of a greatest hits of <laughs> baddies as opposed to yeah. last week's um, whatever yeah. kidnapping. Because back back then they would have literally just had that's him and that's him and that's him. Mm-hmm. And that's him. Whereas now it's more theatrical. Yeah, it's like a three D news feed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in 2022. 199 years after the killing, yes, there was a <laughs> there was a jug, an item of pottery, was sold for seven thousand pounds. Wow! In, in, Ow, sorry. in yeah, 2022, yeah. it sold for seven thousand pounds. Yep. It was sold because it was a commemorative jug depicting the murder of William Weir on the side of really? it. Really? Good grief! I think yeah. Jugs, of all were, the jugs things. were really common, weren't they? Toby yeah. jugs, you know, celebratory murder jugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're the two. Was that was that a thing that you? So you put them in a poem and in a song and in a wax museum. Yeah, and then you put them on, on some jug. Put them on a jug. You would have ceramics. You know, it's like a coronation plate kind of thing. It's the, the event, the I big mean, event isn't. of the year. <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> like it. No, it isn't. It's the same <laughs> not thing. like that. What was on it? What was the picture? Brains. <laughs> it's. Uh, it looks like it's a sort of a woodcut copy, and it's. It's got uh, underneath. It says um, pond in which the body of Weir was found. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> it looks like some men recovering the body. <laughs> you imagine pouring, <laughs> pouring a glass of water out of that. <laughs> the pond water where the body Have you was seen kept. Have my commemorative earthenware? Yeah, and that was sold recently. That yeah. was auctioned recently. Yeah, more 7, money, pounds. more money than which was worth. actually thirty-five times the estimate that was on the book. <laughs> <laughs> it really outsold what anyone expected. Yeah, yeah. Wow! That's all for this time. If you want to know more about what we've talked about on this episode, then just Google it or something. You can listen to all of our previous episodes on our website. That's www.truecrimediary.co.uk. Please remember to leave a review on your podcast provider if you can, or you can email us. That's stuff at truecrimediary.co.uk. My thanks to Jed and Rue and to all of you for listening, and we'll see you again on next date in our True Crime Diary.